Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. Gen Nation, Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Open Championship. As usual, I'm here with my main man, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you today? 250, Kenny. Episode 250. I forgot we about it. that. Don't forget about that. That's, That's right. I miss that in the intro, man. I'm excited. I'm happy to get back into it. we got a lot to talk about here. Huge Open that we're going to get to. we got the Lucas Glover Turning back the clock, we'll get into that. Before we hop in, want to remind everyone very quickly, this podcast is brought to you and presented by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, Sportsbook has a great offer for you guys. We're going to get to it a little bit later on, but it's pretty much free money if you're eligible. 50 bucks that you can make pretty quickly. So uh, promo code FGD when you go to DraftKings Sportsbook. And then lastly, Kenny, don't forget the tools we'll be using, fantasynational.com slash FGD. Head on over there, get the same tools that we use, and get yourself 20% off your first payment. 250 episodes. I totally forgot. It's a long ass time. I've been doing this a long ass time. I had to get the new, the new, the new chair since everyone was making fun of me about the the casting couch chair uh, last week. That is, you know, one of my favorite porn genres. So you know, you can't really beat that. You know, the girl's like, "Well, what? What'd you bring me here for? I'm not doing that." Wait, how much? And then she like, "Okay, shit like that." One of my favorites. One of my favorite genres out there. <laughs> As you can tell, we already started. I don't have to go to work till seven thirty tomorrow. So we was, we got we got the juice going today. Let me take a sip. Yeah, that wasn't easy. That wasn't hard to talk Kenny uh, into. Pretty easy. He says, "Oh, if I work at six, no, nah, but I don't work till seven tomorrow. I can sneak one in. So we'll see how many you get through here." We ready? We ready? We ready? This is going to be a good week. But first, before we talk about the Open Championship, I think I just pulled my hamstring doing that real quick. That thing hurt like a bitch. I don't know how they do that. Um, but um, let's talk about the John Deere Classic last week. Uh, Glover. I mean, the old heads winning forever. Glover Sink, these old dudes just coming in out of nowhere and winning after decades of no wins. I mean, the dude on the Corn Ferry Tour, Tag Riders, he won. His last win was like in 2001. It was been like 20 years since he won. We had Richard Bland a couple years ago, 15 years since he won on the European Tour. So, again, all these old heads coming in, coming in the clutch, getting that W, uh, you know, you know, Glover putted his ass off. He came through in the clutch. It was a tight leaderboard till the end. He sort of ran away with it near the end with about three strokes. Kevin now making that bogey um, on 15 or 16, which crushed me. Of course, I was in like fourth place going into the bag nine. So second time in the last month, uh, I was in fourth place in a $5 drive to drive the green. Uh, and, of course, it all went to shit on the back again. I, I think it was top 25. So it wasn't the worst. It still won a few hundred bucks. Uh, but 50 grand would have been better. Uh, you know, other guys who performed pretty well that week. Uh, you know, you got Mav couldn't make a make it make anyone with like 18 pars or something like that on Sunday. That killed me. Um, who else was up top? Tampa, who else was up top? I'm trying to remember the leaderboard. Yeah, more Ryan Moore was up there. Luke Liss, Scott Brown, the old course history guy. Scott I was Brown. A little bit. Uh. Shank. Shank was another one. Munoz. Yeah, Shank. I had 190 to one last week on the uh, betting segment. Uh, on the Fantasy Golf Generous betting segment. I also had them written up on Gubb's Corner. And, of course, I told everyone to take the each way. So hopefully everyone took the each way. Uh, or at least top five that bitch. Uh, me, of course, I didn't because I'm stupid. Uh, but I was you know, really hoping for Shank win, too. Uh, so nothing really turned out well. It was still fun to watch. I, I won a few hundred dollars, so I can't really complain. 300% return on investment. Um, you know, other guys who, nah, was up there. Hank the Tank, you know, the top ten. The guys just, you know, racking them up. Uh, going up there, doing pretty good. Hagee sort of fell off a little bit uh, on um, Sunday. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, these these events like these, whenever you have an easier type course, the leaderboard's so bunch, it gets sort of exciting on Sundays. Uh, you know, it was pretty tight up until, I'd say, last hour or so when uh, Lucas Glover ran away with it. 
Yeah, it surprised me. You said you went from top five and only dropped to like 25th. I've seen scenarios the past couple of weeks where guys have been top five and then dropped to like 3,000 because of how quickly things change at the top of that leaderboard coming down the back nine on Sunday. Uh, just a couple of things you mentioned there, you know, McNeely. I know he made the ace for us on the weekend there, but I think it's way harder to go around TPC Deer Run and make 18 pars than it is to not make a single birdie or, or like mix it in with a couple bogeys. Something like that just seems extremely impressive to go around there and make a par on every single hole. But McNeely's still doing his thing, man. He's, you know, keeps piling them in. So we'll see what he does from here. Glover, like you said, certainly turning it back, joining the group of all the other guys you mentioned, Matt Jones, Stewie Sink, even Phil picking up the win at the PGA Championship. Just everybody turning back the clock at these large odds when people aren't really on them. Glover was okay. I think uh, Dave Tyndall had him. A couple guys out there in the community had him across the board, but certainly wasn't on my radar as far as betting was concerned. I was with you. I had guys that just missed in who was it uh, uh vegas rogers these are all from the pod last week and then one more i can't remember if it was kazire or who else it was but it was just brutal finishes and i did have the each ways and it still didn't get there but overall just another one of those events man really trying just to appetize to lean into where we're going to get today with the open and the pricing is soft if you will you know talking DraftKings pricing of course the field is wide open there's plenty of big names lots of storylines narratives things that we'll get into here so anything else on the john deere classic here kenny no, hell no. Let's go to the Open Championship. Actually, before we do that, we do have to go over our Listener League winner. And, of course, I'm never prepared for any of this stuff. So let me go ahead and bring the Listener League winner up. It was – all right, let's see if I can find it here since I have so many, like, blank screens with no wins on it. All right, there we go. I actually placed in the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Listener League last week. Uh, they just gave me a big old star when I put the uh, screen up. Mr. Vegas128 was the winner. Um, yeah, Russell Henley, Russell Henley, uh, who, you know, sort of fell apart a little bit on, on Saturday. He only shot three under on Sunday, finished in 11th place, 94 points. Uh, I think he was 16% owned as Zach Johnson, who I liked, uh, didn't really do much on Sunday either. Uh, luckily I played, I think last week you talked about Glover and Johnson and I went Johnson, but I played Glover. So that helped a little bit. Uh, he finished in 34th place. At 83.5 points, about six, 17% owned. He had Lucas, 8% owned, 130 points. Of course, he won. Hank the Tank, Leviota, uh, 22.4% owned, 103 points, finishing eighth. Steve Stricker, old man Stricker, everyone thought he was going to miss the cut early on, right? And then all man. of a sudden, you know, he just started bringing it on and, you know, once again, bailed on the Sunday, 23% owned, uh, finishing 41st, 77.5. And Adam Schenk, who, I loved last week, and I really wish he would have won because that would have made my week. Uh, 10% owned, 107 points, and he finished in fourth. What do you think of the lineup? Oh, yeah, really solid build. Sort of the textbook that we talk about, you know, in the past at least, where you've got a couple guys over 20%, a couple guys in the teens with Henley and Johnson there, and then two lower-owned guys in Glover and Shank. I, I do like what you just mentioned there, the Johnson play. Remember last week, I also liked Ryan Moore, who was right there. He ended up putting up 120 points right underneath. Kind of had a similar course history, not quite – the Zach Johnson course history or Stricker course history, of course. But yeah, back to Stricker, the Thursday tilters, man, you know me, they got to go. Can't stand them. Pronounced dead at age 54 after nine holes. Can't make the cut. No chance at all. Bang. And it's not like he crushed. He only got 77 DK points in the end. But I'm just saying it was Cam Davis was about to repeat. If you followed after nine holes on Thursday, Cam Davis was going to go back to back and Steve Stricker was dead on arrival. So that's just the way it goes. You know, Cam still had a pretty good week, but I'm pumped about this guy this is a sign or a calling if you will not sure anybody what they're watching manifest on netflix but mr vegas that's pretty lucky and one two eight kenny january 28th is my birthday so this is good signs and good mojo coming into this week to bring across i like mr vegas one two eight got him into the tournament of champions and we'll certainly have him in the three man this week shout out to hot soup i know he had himself a pretty good week there as well uh three lineups in and just finished right behind mr vegas so another good run in the listener league for him yeah, um, I don't know what to say. I, well, talking about your Mr. Lucky, I mean, isn't didn't you have what, two top two straight top twenty fives in the Millie Maker going for three in a row? So what are you like the Tony Finau of uh, of Millie Makers right now? See if you can come across the board and try and get it done. Which I don't think Tony's going to do this week. Of course, I say that now. <laughs> he, he's probably going to win. So put your money on Tony. Uh, but let's get to this week and let's get to the course. I sort of might have went a little bit overboard on the course preview and stuff like that. So just give me uh, just bear with me as I go over everything um, for the open championship, the best players in the world. They had the Southern England for the open championship, the open always a little bit different. 
uh, when it comes to DFS. First off, you know, the weather plays a huge factor. It's almost impossible to know like what the weather is going to be like until just a few hours before, you know, it actually happens. Um, so, you know, you've, you've already seen some sites this week saying Thursday morning, 30 mile per hour gusts, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, 30 mile per hour gusts. I've seen somewhere it's like 18 to 25 miles per hour steady throughout the whole week. I mean, you just really don't know what's going to happen. So my first bit of advice this week is going to be wait till the last possible minute to make your lineups and create your player pool. Uh, wave advantages occur more at this event than any other event. Uh, if you see a notice, noticeable uh, weather advantage, I'd probably pound on it. And by saying pound on it, we've talked about this before. Uh, I go like 60% for that wave advantage, 20% the opposite wave and 20% blend. Uh, if you see a, a substantial wave advantage coming through, just so you have all your bases covered, but you still have the majority of your lineups in what you think that the weather advantage is going to be. Uh, you know, the first tee time is around 1 a.m. Uh, new midnight Eastern around there uh, on, on Thursday. So I would wait till, you know, Wednesday evening to go ahead and make your lineups. Uh, another reason this event can be difficult is, you know, for DFS purposes, that's your stat model. Probably means less than it ha- does in any other event throughout the whole year. Lynx golf is just different. You know, you only see it about once a year on the PGA Tour, and there aren't really strokes gain uh, stats. Uh, you know, for for these for these events, you know, your typical strokes gain stats have relatively small meaning here, outside of maybe strokes gain around the green, which would be super important, especially if the wind blows. I'm still going to use them, uh, but I would look more like open form and how a golfer plays in the wind and how he plays in difficult courses. Also, current form, um, you know, a few a few trends via uh, Jeff Ulrich, uh, you know, a friend of Mayo Media Network at the Fantasy Grind on Twitter. Uh, seven of the last nine winners of the Open Championship have been 32 years or older. Uh, seven of the last eight winners of the Open had recorded a top 20 or better in one of the year's first two or two to three majors. Um, now, 14 of the last 15 winners of the Open finished tied for ninth or better at this event in a previous year. Uh, you know, the first trend basically shows that old guys are pretty much live. You saw it with Darren Clark uh, in 2011, uh, you know, at at this event at Royal St. George's. I think this is the case just because experience is needed on links courses to perform well. You know, like I said, it's, it's a different type of golf. Creativity and playing shots outside the box, it's going to be a necessity. Uh, this usually comes with experience on links courses. Uh, now, this new crop of extremely young, talented golfers like uh, Hovland, Morikawa, and Scheffler, they're probably the only ones, uh, you know, that, okay, I'm sorry, that play predominantly on the PGA Tour uh, with zero open experience. They might be the only ones I take a look at. Even they might have a tough time uh, this week. Uh, the last two trends, of course, show a need for solid open form uh, throughout one's career and then good form, especially in majors. Last thing before we get to the course, uh, it is top 70 ties for the cut this week. You know, I still expect it the weather and stuff like that, maybe wave advantages. There could be some carnage, um, but this might make it a little bit easier to cope. We'll see. Now, Royal St. George, it's about a 7,200-yard par 70 with four par threes and four and two par fives. Uh, the length really depends on the wind. It's a traditional link-style course, so the front nine all goes in one direction. Back nine comes all the way back. Uh, so, you know, if, if the winds are east to west, one of those nines is going to be wind at the back. One of the winds, one of the nines is going to be wind right at your face. So it's going to mess with uh, the, the actual distance of the course. Also, if there's a crosswind, that's just going to make the course play longer. Uh, there are two very lengthy par threes, which would be more likely, more than likely have an over par average score for the week. They're both around 240 yards. They're going to be tough. I mean, if the wind's in the face on those two holes, some guys might even pull out driver. We'll, we'll have to see when, when, when it comes down to it. Uh, uh, when a par four, seven of them are under 450 yards. Uh, five of them are over 450 yards. Uh, the par five should be reachable uh, by all if the fairways are firm and fast like they're planning. You know, of course, that's wind dependent as well. Uh, now, there's been a bunch of uh, rain, and the course superintendent has said that the course is quite green. Uh, now, they are going to do everything in their power uh, to make the course fast and firm, but this is something you're going to have to keep an eye on uh, as the week moves on. Uh, off the tee, the fairways are average in size, and they actually widened them a bit since 2011. Now, if the fairways are firm, this will shrink the fairway width. Uh, this will make scoring much higher and make the tournament much more of a grind for everyone. Uh, if the fairways are soft, you'll probably see a bit more green in the regulation, and you'll probably see a little bit lower scoring. I don't think it's 
probably, I don't think it's going to go above single digits on their par, but we'll see when it comes to the wind and all that stuff. Um, there are large pot bunkers in the fairway landing zones. If golfers land in these bunkers, sometimes you're going to have to punch out sideways or backwards. Um, if they miss the bunkers and, and the fairway, they're going to have to deal with thick fescue rough. Sometimes it's going to be around knee high. Uh, now, all this screams for accurate off-the-tee golfers, uh, you know, but once again, the firmness of the fairways comes into play. Uh, if they're firm, the Bombers won't need driver off the tee. Uh, you know, they're going to use low, they're going to use lower clubs. They're going to, they're going to be more accurate clubs. It's going to emphasize the rollout. This is another reason stats can probably be pushed back, uh, you know, a little bit more uh, on the back burner a bit this week, you know, smart strategy off the tee will be more important than any off the tee stats you're going to see in your model. You know, it's really hard to judge who will play smart, but a good indicator of this will be experience on these courses and at the open championship. Even if the fairways are soft, I doubt we'll see too many drivers uh, by the heavy hitters outside of the par fives unless the wind is brutal. Uh, now, the one unknown off the tee is going to be luck. Uh, they're rolling fairways here with humps and mounds all over the place. A great-looking tee shot can become, you know, disastrous if it, it, disastrous if it takes a bad hop off a mound, might bounce into a pot bunker, might bounce into the fescue. Luck can play a huge factor at the Open Championship, probably more than any other major that we see throughout the year. Now, on approach shots, golfers are going to see above-average size undulating greens with some runoff areas and pot bunkers surrounding them. Wild approach shots are going to get snatched up by that long fescue grass. And if the greens are firm, getting it up and down from anywhere is going to be a challenge. Um, and I don't expect the greens to be insanely fast uh, because of the possibility of strong winds. This course has zero protection. You might not see a tree the whole week. I don't even know. I don't know. Maybe one. I, I But there's not going to be very many trees. There's no protection on this course. So basically what's going to come down to is golfers are going to be re- need to be really good with the short game. They're going to be, need to be and avoid three putts. I think those are a couple of things that are going to be super important. What are you looking for uh, this week, Tampa? Wouldn't be a major without trends. Give Kenny a follow on Twitter at TrendOVT. Got all the trends for you. Uh, hey, I, took, I, I took that from Jeff Ulrich on that one. He, he, I love he, does, it. That, he does that well, too. The people love the trends, Kenny. They always love the trends. But I, I'm with you. You know what I'm doing, though, at majors, man. I'm always looking at the same thing. I do agree with you for the most part. When you hear me go through these golfers today, there's not going to be a lot of this stat, that stat. A lot of what you said is true there. But for me, it's a major. I'm always looking at long-term stats in general, just like you said, the experience factor. Who's played well on links in the past? Maybe some names that pop with good prices, possible leverage. We'll definitely get into the tiers. Uh, you mentioned the weather, wave stacking potentially always in play at an open. Something you want to look for, you know, a couple of years ago, a few years ago now, but we had the Stenson Phil runaway. That was like a two-stroke advantage that if you just went all in on that wave, you were probably in good shape, probably had a lot of Phil and Stenson and made your way to the top of the leaderboard. So that's certainly something, as far as the stats go, like you said, there's going to be, you know, fairways, greens, good hands around the green putting, bogey avoidance. And I think like you just said, the all-around player, like always, because at the end of the day, there is going to be luck involved. And if they get unlucky, that's okay. They might have to click back out of a pot bunker, chip it up on, make their part, take their medicine, get a bogey. But if they're playing good golf for the most part and all around, like a Rom, who we'll get to in a second for obvious reasons, he's the most expensive for a reason too. But just to give you that idea, we'll go through some of that here in a second. Now, before we get into the tiers, Kenny, I do want to toss up that offer. This offer this week is from DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It is easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-tournament wager of $1 on any golfer outcome to be eligible to cash $50 in free credits if any golfer sinks a birdie. Yes, that's 50 to 1 odds on any golfer sinking a birdie during this weekend's tournament. 50 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often, so sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the action. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code FGD when you sign up to turn $1 into $50 in free credits if any golfer sinks a birdie this weekend. That's, again, code FGD to turn $1 into $50 in free credits for a limited time only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older, NJIN or PA only, new customers only, winnings paid out in site credits, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. That's a hell of an ad read there, Tam, but we need to get more of those on the pod. I mean, I have to do it like smoke Newports. They might kill you, but that minty fresh is delicious. Or like, you know, eat, eat, eat Kit Kat key lime pie flavor. It's not your mom's key lime pie, but it's fucking close enough. You know, we, we, need, we could be like the anti-Pat uh, Mayo because everything on Pat's show is so, like, healthy. All his ad reads are, like, for this healthy type shit. We, we, we could do everything for, like, the opposite. Everything that's bad for you, we will sell the fuck out of it here on the Fantasy Golf Generals podcast. So hook us up. We got you, all right? Um, but anyways, let's get to these tiers uh, for this week. Uh, for, in the 10K range, we have Xander Schauffele all the way up to the Spaniard, Mr. John Rom. How are you going about it this week, Tamil? Yeah, you heard me just mention Rom. This, I hey, we got this wrong last time. Me personally, especially with the Bryson DeChambeau should be fourteen thousand, then goes on to miss the fucking cut. But Caddygate, we talked about that. But John Rom, this seems odd to me. Like, how is he only four hundred more dollars than Rory? Let alone the other ones behind him. Uh, in my opinion, best in the field for sure. If you look last week, a standalone seventh at the Scottish Open for his warm up. If you watched any of it, it looked like, man, he didn't even play. He played B golf, B minus golf. It was really nothing for him to come over and do this. He's the U.S. Open champion. I don't think that matters. Uh, we knew he was going to get a, a major at some point. It looked like pretty quick. Sure enough, he went out went out and executed that after that third round, unfortunate withdrawal at the Memorial when he probably would have won that too. So likely the highest owned golfer up here for me is going to be John Rahm. But then I'm going to talk to you about another guy here, and I'm not sure. Maybe you can tell me where the ownership might be when I flip it back. But Dustin Johnson, and it's all the sandwich jokes, Kenny. Dustin Johnson likes sandwiches. He liked the Masters <laughs> sandwiches. He won. He won the Masters. But we're now in Sandwich, Kent, England, and he's sandwiched between Brooks Kepka, the major champion extraordinaire, and Xander Schauffele, the guy right below him, who everybody likes to play in majors at 10,000. But I do think. Uh, boomer bust aside with Dustin Johnson. I do actually like him. I especially like him in large field tournaments. I feel like most will be on the others. And I know it's way back in 2011, but he does have experience at this very course at the 2011 version coming in second place. So Rom DJ for me, Brooks definitely is in the mix. Uh, you know, you just can't say enough about what he's done at majors. And I just always go back to that Justin Ray stat where he literally is still beating the field the entire field by like 50 plus strokes over a sample size of like four or five years in majors. Yeah. It's just, he's different. He's just different when it gets to those events. I'm interested to hear your takes on Rory Xander and the others, but uh, I think DJ and, and Rom make for some good plays up top. I'm going with Kepka as my first cash game cornerstone. I mean, a 10, seven, I think it's still value for, 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 for Brooks Kepka. Like you said, the numbers lay it out for him. His, his track record at the open championship was pretty fucking good. Uh, I mean, I don't really, I don't really have much to say. Everyone knows it's major time, it's major season, it's Kepka season. I'm, I'm rostering Kepka as my first cash game cornerstone. Rom, I'm gonna play Rom. He's probably my second favorite play on the board. Again, you really can't go wrong with what he's doing. The thing about him is he plays well in the win. He plays well in difficult courses. Uh, last 50 rounds, he's top 10 in both of those in strokes gain total uh, in, in, in difficult courses and in the win. It just makes a lot of sense. I am gonna play three guys here. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to play the lowest owned out of the other three. I'm going to wait till Wednesday night, get my ownership projections, uh, you know, Gubs Corner, Fans National, wherever the hell you get your fucking, uh, you know, ownership projections from. Uh, that's where I'm going to go with the third. And I think it's going to be Rory. Uh, I think Rory might be the lowest owned in this. I am no ownership guru. I'm not Brad Messersmith up in here. Uh, you know, old school for the 25th, 250th episode for all our old school fans, bringing back old Brad out there, old BMS. Uh, but I mean, I think Rory could be the thing, and, he, and he, you know, he does pretty damn well at these open championships. And I, I think that you can get some value at a lower ownership 12%, 11%. Rory, I can do that. You get 20%, you double him, you have the leverage, and then I can go ham. Still go 40-40 or 50-30 with Rom and Kepka and still be good to go uh, when I make my 60 lineups this week. Uh, so that's probably the way I'm going to go about uh, this week. I want to wait till the ownership comes out and pick a third one between DJ Xander and Rory. Because, I mean, I don't really think at this point there's a bad play. You know, I I mean, of course, you know, hindsight 2020, we can, we'll talk about this next Monday and be like, that was a shitty fucking play. What the fuck I was thinking. <laughs> but I mean, at this point in time, you're not going to see that with these five guys. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I'll play the ownership game with the third guy because when it comes down to the 9K range, I'm not the biggest fan uh, of a lot of these guys. I don't think I'm going to play Bryson. 
Jordan is worth it, but I'm already seeing 26% Jordan Spieth being projected out there. And the worry, of course, with Jordan is the driver. Uh, and, you know, he's not that long. I don't know how much he'll be able to club down on some of these holes, especially if the wind's in his face. Uh, so he might be the ones that have to put out the big six just a little bit more uh, than some of these other guys like a Rom or a Rory or you know, somebody who pounds it out there. Uh, so a little bit worried about it, but everything else about Jordan's game fits. Uh, you know, I'm just looking at everything. He's one of the top guys. He's actually number one in my model. Uh, but again, we're not really looking at models. And of course, he has a stellar track history here at, at the Open Championship with that win a few years ago. Uh, and the game makes sense, but I, I'm a little bit iffy about him. JT, I, I think I can get behind him, but I really like Usti uh, in this range. He's probably going to be my favorite play when it comes to GPPs, uh, just because, you know, the game has been so good. His punting has been so strong. He avoids bogeys. Uh, he doesn't make too many three putts out there. He's pretty strong around the green. I mean, if you look at it, the only person in, in the top, uh, in the 9K and up range in the last 50 rounds who's better than him at strokes gain around the green is Spieth. Uh, so, I mean, all the tools are there. And, of course, he has that major, you know, record out there. He, he always completes back-to-back runner-ups. I think now, uh, how many runners do he have? Like 42 runner-ups in major championships. I mean, I think it's actually one. six, and that's yeah. really crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like so, he can I mean, actually have so many more majors if he could uh, uh. So, I mean, I think he makes sense. But my second cash game cornerstone is going to be Terrell Hatton. Uh, if you look, you know, a lot of people call, call him the best links player in the world. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense to go out and play him. I mean, if you look, I forget who posted it on Twitter. I think it's PGA Splits 101. Uh, if you go at PGA Splits 101, if you go check out his, his Twitter feed, he does a strokes gain table for links courses, uh, you know, Irish Open, Scottish Open, Dubai, a couple of other links courses out there for the last five years. Uh, and Hatton's right up there in the top ten uh, in strokes gained total uh, in those in those in those fields in those events. So I just think he makes a lot of sense uh, in this field in a links type type course. And I think nine K is a reasonable price for him. So I'm definitely gonna play Usti. Hatton's second casting cornerstone. We'll see where I go after that. I think I, I bet Hovland. Um, a while ago at 50 to one. I'm not sure if I'm going to play him. Uh, uh, you know, you got JT and Spieth up there, a little bit more experience on these courses. And like I said, the only guys that I think possibly can do well with zero experience on links on, on the open championship, probably Kawa and Holland, but I don't know if I'm playing either one of them. Yeah. I kind of like both of them, but just real quick backing it up. Cause I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this nine K range myself here is the Rory one is interesting, right? Because if you think back, uh, he's crushed the Open. If you know before last year's miscut at his hometown event was what second, fourth, fifth that I saw he came out last year. Fifth <coughs> ball was a maybe a different type of eight ball than you're used to out of the gate, but it was it was an eight ball, eight snowman right out the gate. His hometown event battled back on day two. I remember having so much heart myself poured into that. It wasn't even because I had a bunch of ownership. I was just cheering for Rory being at his hometown event and making that comeback. I really wanted him and all the Thursday tilters. I was dying for Rory to upset them a little bit like we talked about earlier, but still uh, you see that. And then I saw a stat today. I forget who posted it, Kenny, but Rory after miscuts, just any miscuts in the world, how he does after them. It's pretty incredible how he comes back out the next time. So he does make for an interesting play up top. And you don't love this 9K range. I guess we buried the lead a little bit here, Kenny. There are guys that we will be talking about in the 6K range and even at the bottom of the 6K range. So you don't have to shy away from just using two or three of these guys up top if you don't personally love the 9K range. As far as ownership goes, just one more note on it because you mentioned it. But I think it's pretty clear to me, Rom and X, will be the highest two owned and they'll be paired together. And if they're not, some will start single entry with Xander just based on his history and majors, his record, his price, overall value. I think that's just going to become a common theme Brooks based on how good he does in majors. So I really do think you're right. I like DJ. You like Rory. Those are some good pivots that you can go with right there. So uh, drop into this nine K range. I do worry. I, I've been the Louis truther before he was, you know, there's lots of other good Louis truthers out there. Don't get me wrong that are doing content, but I'm saying we've been talking about him in majors since he was actually like three to 5%. And now he's going to you know last event. He was what 18% and still did his thing. Well, it's the this thing is about the- him is the thing about him is he's become more, he's become more consistent. Uh, he, he has multiple top tens in the last couple of months and he hasn't withdrawn. And what, from what I hear, he drives his RV 
I guess for the PGA Tour. I don't know if he has his RV all the way in, in England, but at least for the PGA Tour, he drives his RV to all the events, so he has his own fucking bed. So you don't have to worry about, you know, like like bad neck sleep, you know, oosty anymore on the PGA Tour uh, because of that. But uh, now you have me worried because now he doesn't have his RV uh, at well, the Open see, Championship. You, you, you talked your way into it. All I was going to say was, is is this where the wheels fall off? Because you know what I mean. It, obviously, he is that good. He doesn't just it doesn't just happen that you finish second all that often. The same with Fino, who we'll get to. Don't worry. But I'm just saying it. It looks like it makes a lot of sense. But then you look at the guys that are around him and experience aside or not, Kenny. We've got some serious names here. Morikawa, what he's done since coming on tour, WGC a tour event, a PGA, um, the PGA Championship, a major himself. Uh, if you look, he actually went over to Scotland, get acclimated. It was a brutal finish for him. But if you look overall before that, I got here uh, fourth, second, 14th, and eighth. Like, he's got the game. And as always with Morikawa, it's whether or not the putter shows up. Uh, if it does, the field's in trouble. He can go on and just score Will. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes overall. He's got a lightning game as far as making cuts goes, being able to have the all-around stats required at a course like this. And then JT sitting there at 9,600. So similar to Rom, he went over to Scotland very quietly, T8, Barely played his game, to be honest, if you watched any of it. Like him and Ron both played good, obviously, to finish where they did. But it was a pretty solid field. We talked about it last week. It was a strong field, much stronger than the John Deere Classic, obviously. But he went over and did his thing. Uh, he finished 11th at the Open last time out. And then the other thing about JT is when they try and price him like this in strong fields at tough courses, the last time they did it was the players, 9900 He shipped it. The time before that, they priced him at like 8800 I remember fading it for game theory reasons. Terrible idea. He shipped it. So 9,600 is a really good price. And especially, I know it's the magic beans. This is where Spieth brings them out. RIP Kuchar's major chances. You remember what happened there? The 20 minute, you know, shebang back and forth where they were trying to figure it out. Spieth goes on to tilt him and then wins the thing. But Justin Thomas right there at 9,600. So Thomas, Morikawa, two of the best ball strikers. I like your hat and call. And then I like Hovland as well, just to, you know, take a a flyer on down there at 9,100. You might've talked me into, uh, Justin Thomas, he might be the second uh, the second guy playing GBPs in the 9K range. We'll just see how that goes. And like you said, there's plenty of options, low price that we can go to make these make these things work. Um, now let's move to the AK range. Again, not a fan of this range. Uh, you know, let's first off let's start with Tony Fino. Justin Ray posted this uh, earlier today. Uh, the <laughs> only person to uh, finish top ten at both the 2018. Uh, Open Championship and the 2019 Open Championship is Tony Finau. I got one word for that. No. No Finau for me this week. Well, let's take a look at his current form. Um, Travelers, 127th. U.S. Open, 104th. Memorial, 32nd. Schwab, 20th. PG Championship, 8th. Uh, Wells Fargo, 94th. Masters, 10th, of course. Back-to-back top 10s at Major championships while I'm saying this, but then you know, 79th at Valero, 99th at the Players Championship. The form I just don't think is there for him. I, I, I say that now, and he's gonna like finish fourth again and crush all my GBP lineups because he's gonna be like 20% owned at this price. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think I'm gonna go Tony. I will go with my third cash game cornerstone this week. It's going to be Mr. Patrick Reed again, another guy who performs extremely well at difficult courses short game is there when it comes to clutch putting he's one of the better ones out there a rarely ever three putts i think he's third in the field in the last 50 round 50 rounds in three putt avoidance one of the masters around the green can putt his ass off when it comes down there and i think it's going to come down to that short game uh when it comes and i really like him in cash so he's going to be my third cash game cornerstone outside of that i might play some fleetwood Another guy, I think he's top five in strokes gained total in Lynx courses in the last five years. Lynx specialist. We don't have to play him in the United States. You know his ass ain't going to win in the U.S. But in Europe, maybe. You can come close. Top ten, top five. I don't hate Fleetwood uh, in, in this range. Yeah, I might have to go back and listen to those trends a little bit closer. And maybe we'll, I don't know if we'll buck them or not, but with the other guy that popped here for me, you just mentioned Fleetwood, but a couple spots up was Scotty Scheffler. And I know you linked him into those names earlier. You definitely wouldn't link my boy, Willie Z, who you said was dead. And he went over to Scotland and did his thing last week and decent enough finish to get acclimated. But so did Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler, T12, popped up a 63 over there. And if you look at majors, here's his finishes. 19th, 4th, 18th, 
eighth, and seventh. Nothing worse than a 19th. That's the five played this year's he's, year. He's tech. He's a Texan. So wind should not be an issue. He can be creative. We've seen that in the past and you don't need to go extremely low here. You just need to be able to not make those mistakes. But if you can go low even better, because like I said, then if one of those mistakes happens or you get unlucky, you've got a way out. So I do kind of like Scheffler. Uh, I saw your tweet for sure. That was the first thing I put in my notes about Tony Fino. I saw the tweet. I'm sure it rings home with a lot of other people, myself included, but it is pretty annoying how good he's been in majors. Uh, top tens and majors, third, just incredible. Third, ninth here the last two times. It's like it's 17 out of like 20, 23 majors or something. He's finished like top 15 or something. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's like extremely uh, high clip. Uh, and at 8,400, if they made it, like if they flipped him and Louie, it would have been more of a conversation. But when you pop him down at 8,400, I think there is upside there. Uh, the other couple that stood out for me here, Patrick Cantley. So you didn't mention him, but I know, you know, the win at the Memorial can get taken away by some due to the fact of the aforementioned Rom withdraw after round three, but Cantley still had to go out and do his thing. He's been solid overall form. Besides that, uh, 41st, 12th at the open is his history. So I think he can get around here. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And usually with Cantley, it's the same issue we always talk about. We don't have Decky here, but Cantley is very similar in a sense of a wonderful ball striker. He puts it in close. And what you're mad about is that he's missing the 12 foot birdie putt and making par or the eight foot birdie putt but if he's making those pars here those will go a long way so i think that can add up i like your read call just for the fact he can get hot with the putter solid short game around the green everything that goes there and then lastly what are you doing here kenny with paul casey because for once he's not 7900 they changed the price completely on him and answer they didn't just throw them both in at 7900 as always uh casey never really flashes at the open but if you look just and see coming in off three top seven or sorry he's coming in Three top sevens in his last four outings worldwide. So I do kind of like that about him. His open history is just too bad for, for me. I'm not going to play him at that price. If he was seven, eight, six hundred, like like answer, then maybe. But at this price, I'm probably not going to pay him. I was wrong about Tony. It was nine of the last 14 majors. He's finished top 10 still. It's fucking incredible. Uh, one guy I did miss that I think could be a low-owned GPP gem uh, down here is going to be Justin Rose. Another guy who excels on league style courses uh no one's gonna play him he's gonna be single digit owned and he could win somebody at gpp uh so I, I i'm a fan of stats again they're not even i'm not even looking at them because they fucking suck for him uh but uh, but you know i you know 20 20 second 54th 22nd 6th 23rd in his last six open championships uh the guy can play links course as well and uh, i will take a flyer with him in single digit ownership this week Let's go to the 7K range. Up top, you know, I, I sort of like you know, my favorite play is probably going to be Joaquin the Dream Neiman. I like his low ball fight. I, I got him there. Uh, I got him in like 60 or 70 to 1 a while ago. I'm still going to ride that. He's coming off a good performance uh, in his last event, what, 72 holes without a bogey uh, until the 73rd hole, uh, of course. Uh, so I like Joaquin the Dream. Again, another guy who, you know, isn't the best putter in the world, but he avoids the three putts. He lag putts pretty well. Uh, he avoids the, bogey, the bogeys as much as he can. Uh, again, I worry a little bit about his around the green game, but at this price, uh, I can get down with, with, with Joaquin Neiman down here. Uh, I like Matthew Fitzpatrick, who came off the playoff loss. What a shitty day for Fitzpatrick the other day. Uh, he had tickets to the uh, to the Euro You final. mean for England, period. Uh, hey, I, know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, I, I I want some money on Italy, so so yeah, I like it. I like it, you know what I'm saying? Moi bellissimo, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, so I, I was a fan uh, of that. But, you know, he, he had tickets to that game. They lost. He lost in the playoff, all that stuff. But, again, a short game is going to be there for him. He hits enough fairways out there. If the green if fairways are firm, he can get that nice little roll, not be too short uh, compared to everyone else. Uh, so I like Fitzpatrick. Uh, and I like I like Sergio. Uh, the form seems to be getting a little bit better. Uh, and, and so, you know, again, another guy with a really good open track record coming in with pretty, pretty good form. Uh, I like Sergio down in this upper range. Who do you like in the upper 7K range? I like a lot of the 7K range in general. So where I Me too. name as Me many too. up top, it'll be I very like long-winded. And I will say this too, because we're going to get into it later, as I mentioned with these low-end 6K plays. I just think that, you know, you don't have to dedicate your entire portfolio to that because there's plenty of ways to get there without even ever going down there. And there's some that make sense and we'll go through them. But like I said, when you look up here, uh, one guy you didn't mention is the defending champion golfer of the year, Mr. Shane Lowry. I, I wonder if he'd be more him. popular. 
Yeah, I think you have to. I think it's decent enough for him coming in. Still has the same game that works for these links courses in general. It's strong hands, good around the greens, scrambling, can make putts, doesn't make a lot of mistakes, plays well. And, you know, the price is 7900 It seems a little bit crazy for a guy with his skill set. And it wasn't really, in my opinion, a fluke that he won. If you remember, I bet him last time out in 2019. A lot of guys did. I think that was a, a pretty obvious spot. And Brooks Kepka, who was battling it out, Fleetwood, those guys were chasing him, came back. And, and Brooks even said, like, don't mess with Lowry. This guy's good, man. It wasn't no fluke that this guy just showed up. And, and so I definitely like that. I'm not sure, like you, you mentioned with Fitzpatrick, just coming off that second place. It kind of feels like he could get a little more popular. And I actually do like Lowry more. Uh, Leishman. So here's my thing. My thing on Leishman. Since Bubba's out of the event, I'm just going to play Leishman instead because he's basically the same thing. He's extremely boomer bust. His open record, he's got three of six where he's basically finished top six or better. The rest are like 60th, 53rd, and a missed cut. And if you remember, he did have a win with Cam Smith this year at the Zurich Classic. You know, it's a split win, but still, it's got to feel pretty good. He even said, like, honestly, I came out lazy off the break. He said, I wasn't really doing my best. I really turned it back on. Since then, he's done pretty well. So I think he's a guy you could go to. Uh, Jason Day, I know you mentioned Neiman here because you you like the low ball flight. It all does make a lot of sense to me, uh, everything you just said. But Jason Day is a 14th and a 10th. I thought after the 10th place, his back looked pretty bad. But then came in, a little extra week of rest right before the open. He's got four to five made cuts here with uh, with the last five with all being 27th or better. Uh, and then Sergio, I'm glad you brought him up. I, people just never want to, I mean, lately especially, haven't wanted to play Sergio in majors, and for good reason probably how it's been. But uh, probably one of my favorites here when you think about the other guys that people are going to play and Neiman and answer. If you look to long-term proven stuff like I always look at, the form isn't even horrible. He's coming in 17th, 19th, and 20th. Uh, and very much like Adam Scott or Justin Rose, that sort of open history, ninth here in 2011 when they played it at this same course for Sergio, give him a little bit of the feel-goods and go back with that. And I think that's sort of it up here. The other thing with Neiman, who you mentioned, don't forget the bogey-free 72 holes in Detroit to then bogey the 73rd and lose in the playoffs. So he's certainly feeling good coming in. I don't hate that, Kenny. I just like some of the other guys a little more proven around him. Yeah, I mean, just looking at I, – I, I like Sergio a lot this week. Uh, I'm gonna, definitely going to play him uh, a bunch. And I like your Lowry call, too. Um, now, going down a little bit lower, I really like Harris English. Shockingly, he's one of the best players in the win in the field in the last 50 rounds. Uh, grinding out guy. You saw what he did at the U.S. Open. Uh, you know, the form is there, fourth and a first, his last couple of events. And at that price, I mean, it seems definitely worth it to give it a shot. I wouldn't even think about trying him in cash uh, this week. I, I think he's made... Uh, the majority of his cuts at the Open Championship, even though he hasn't played in a while. Uh, I do like his game for this. Of course, if you're going with the accuracy portfolio, he's one of the best out there off the tee. Uh, so I, I do like Harris English uh, at 7,300. Uh, my, my fellow Korean, I got to play him. He's coming off a win uh, at the Open Championship. Little Min Woo Lee, got to throw in some Korean love uh, out there. I'll probably play him a little bit. Um, Poulter again, another English guy out there who's, who had good form coming in. Played well last week. And I like Berger. Uh, the thing about Berger is, he's, I, how popular do you think Berger is going to be uh, this week? I mean, is he going to reach 20%, 25%? If that, then it might be worth a little bit of a fade. Uh, but the thing is, another guy who plays well on windy courses, uh, difficult courses, he, he has that low ball fight uh, that I like for this type of event. He might even be worth it, uh, if he, even if he is going to be chalk. We'll have to see when it comes down the ownership and all that stuff. But I'm think, definitely thinking about a little burger action down there as well. Minwoo Lee, born in Australia, by the way. Yeah, he's Korean, though. Yeah, I was born in Korea. I'm American. Yeah. I just I like mean, to come you know, at you, I mean, Kenny, when I can. Happen. And I wonder, you just, you just make up everything, right, as you go along. So I had to double-check your facts. I was like, I thought they just said that. But um, I do think burger is going to be extremely popular. So I put it in my notes here. Like, it, it is does seem like a bad price, but at the same time, I think he's someone that you could, unless everyone sort of goes crazy here and just says the same thing I'm about to say and says that it just, it's a terrible play in single entry. It's going to be even higher owned than that in something like these large field, $10 millimakers. It's going to be popular in that. And you can't just build all the same lineups with Rom X burger, Sam Burns, who we'll get to later. If you put all these same guys in the same pool, obviously there's going to be trouble. The other thing back to my original point, Kenny is the $7,400 and down range is extremely loaded, right? Even down to like 6.8 K I can still name some guys. So uh, I don't think you need him. I like your Harris English call quite a bit. He might also be popular here based on what's happened lately because he's coming off a win, third, 14th, four to five in the open. But I still think he's a good play. What were you going to say? I forgot about Grace. I like. I think Grace is another good pivot. 
down there as yeah. well. Uh, you know, he's coming off a pretty good couple of weeks, uh, you know, with a uh, good form coming in. I think he's the seventh and the fourth uh, in two of his last three events. Uh, he has a sixth place here before. Uh, he's made, what, seven of his eight cuts, eight of his nine cuts at the Open Championship. Another cash guy that I think he could play uh, in cash this week. Yeah, I, I do think he's fine as well. There was, I had some trouble picking through some of these guys down there and actually taking a stand right now. But uh, one guy I was going to bring up, man, I hate to go back to him. And we've said this plenty in the past, the F in Finau, Fleetwood, Fowler, Fitzpatrick. I always say it, the F stands for fraud. And it proves right more often than not. But Fowler, uh, very creative type. Eight of his last nine made cuts here, even during sort of the slump and the bad run. Uh, odds it was odd to me, sorry, that he didn't play in the Scottish last week. He usually does go over there and get primed up. I don't know what the case was there. Maybe some appointments for the baby or who knows what's going on. But uh, we always have said, and people have always mentioned that this would be the best place for Fowler to get a major. And he's priced at 7,300, which is fair. Also, these guys do get a little extra mode. We always see it and we forget about it. Like um, Hideki needed a major, finally got one at the Masters. Like it can just happen out of the blue or a little bit out of nowhere. He kind of had it back and forth when we talked about him switching back to his old swing, but not a guy I love. I, I just wanted to bring that up here because you mentioned some of the other guys, Rose, Scott, Day. Some of these guys just have, Sergio, just have great history in the open and Fowler's no different. So he lines up there. Uh, the lefty, Bobby Mack. I know you like this guy. I could get behind this. Six for six in made cuts at majors. Five straight made cuts, including a T18 in Scotland last week sixth at the open in 2019 certainly has upside he's a grinder he's got the creativity for the game so i think he makes a lot of sense and then you can pick and choose between polter norin grace you kind of mentioned you know some of those guys but if you look like norin before the miscut at the jdc there was looking pretty good he said when he got up there he had a feel for what it was like to be in the top again so if he could just get through the first couple rounds have a decent moving day he could make some moves on sunday and definitely can grind it out he makes a lot of sense there grace who you like um brian Harmon, what are you doing with him so this is the ultimate course history versus recent form battle kenny you know i usually side with recent form but here we've been talking more about open history uh his form was great before the 10.4 dk tag just blew him up Last week, it was just too much to handle at the John Deere Classic, 10.4K Brian Harmon. Miscut, see you later. I know you used him in cash, probably why you did so well in GPPs, because you always talk about fading those guys and getting off them in the in your tournaments, and that made a lot of sense. His open record reads four straight miscuts with a 26th back in the day. So uh, any chance you go back to Brian Harmon here now that he's dipped down to 7,100? He has been pretty good this season. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good on that. Uh, okay, I'm not, I'm couple, not a couple play. more. No, no, that's good. I want to give you a couple more then at the bottom here. Corey Connors and Martin Keimer. Any love for those guys? Connors just doesn't seem like the Open Championship is his type of format. I'm not down with Connors. Uh, Keimer, maybe. Uh, you know, he showed a little bit of life. I think he missed a cut last week, but before then, he had a little bit of life. He came in second, I think, at the Irish, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so yeah. I, I, I know, I know it's Mayo's boy. So, uh, I was going to, I was going to ride him a little bit. So, uh, I do like, uh, Keimer a little bit. I'm probably not going to play the other guys you talked about. Yeah. Um, Keimer was in Germany, by the way, but yeah, the, the Kevin, not yeah. withdraw got him in. He needed the, the top three non-exempt last week at the Scottish. He did not come through in the clutch with that. Uh, but he did get in based on Kevin, Na not coming over. So still nice to see he's talked about wanting to be here. And his open record is actually really strong. Six of the last eight made cuts uh, after missing the event in 2019. So I think that makes some sense there at 7,100. All right, let's go to the 6K range. I got Lucas Herbert, the Aussie, as my final cash game cornerstone. He's coming off a fourth place last week and a win the week before in the Irish, fourth in the Scottish. Uh, the form is there. He made his only cut at the U.S. Open at Carnasty. Uh, not an easy course. Finished 51st, which is respectable for a player like him. Uh, we're going to see probably the same type of carnage we saw uh, that week. So I am in on Lucas Herbert as my final cash game cornerstones or my four cash game cornerstones this week. They are going to be Brooks Kepka at 10,700, uh, Hatton at 9,000, Reed 8,800. The crown is coming back up a little bit. And then the, um, and then Herbert at 6,800. No, they still use you $14,700 left to finish out the rest of your lineup, which is plenty of cash to do what you need to do. Uh, other guys I do like in this range, I'll go back to Stuart Stink. Uh, the guy's just been playing well. Uh, you can't, I, I can't not go with him. He's won here before. He knows how to play U.S. Opens. He has a ton of experience. Uh, I don't mind playing that old head up in here. Matt Jones, another good win player, Aussie, 
are really, really good around the greens. One of the best in the field around the greens. Uh, I like him as a very, very low-owned guy that you can go to in this higher 6K range. I'm um, dropping down a little bit. Um, you know, I like uh, – I, I might throw a little bit of Hoffman in there uh, at, at 6,700. Uh, I could play him. And then going down even more, I like a bunch of guys uh, down low. Uh, if you go, there's a – let me skip down here real quick. Um, let's go first with uh, some Koreans, Chan Kim. I'll play a little Chan uh, down there. i got to play another Korean, so I'll play him. Other guys that I like down here is going to be uh, Johannes Viedermann. Uh, that's a weird name for an American, but he's an American. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and he, you, you know, sure he's, he's not Korean? No, nah, yeah, yeah. He's, he, yeah, he's coming. He could be honorary, maybe. If he finishes top <laughs> 10 and I win that bet, he could be honorary Korean in my book. Uh, a couple of top 10s in a row in the Scottish and Irish. Uh, I'll, I'll risk that coming in at $6,100. Uh, another guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ryusuke. Uh, no, that's not him. Rakuya Hoshino. Four wins in the past year, uh, 26 at the U.S. Open. Uh, this past year, 6,100, I'll throw a long dart at him as well. Who do you like in the 6K range? Is, is he going to the Olympics with Hideki, I believe? I think he is. I think he is, yeah. He's 80th in the world, and he's priced 165th or something like 155th, 150th uh, in this field. So he's 80th in the world. He's got to have a little bit of strength. He's like, he saw him out there a couple weeks ago. He's jacked up out there walking around the green. So I kind of I don't hate that. I like the Veerman call down there. You mentioned the couple most recent results. But the guy I liked at 6100 was Dean Burmeester. Seven of his last eight cuts worldwide. Uh, one run in there that includes sixth, fourth, and a W. And a sneaky little T35 in Scotland last week. He seems cheap for my end. Uh, we got to talk about a couple other guys. But I'll give you some others there. I like the call on steroid sink. I mean, sorry, Stewie sink. Uh, two wins this year. Guys battling back. 20th, 24th, the last two opens in 19 and 18. So even the recent stuff he's been doing before these wins showed up again at opens, you talked about his past, his history obviously uh, makes a lot of sense. So I can go back to him. And then one common theme, Kenny, we've always said, some are probably new to the show here because we're getting out on YouTube now on Mayo Media Network. But we always talk about places that Rom does well, Ryan Palmer does well. And it's always been the thing. And guess what? Last he balled week, out last week, bro. He beat he, Rom. He balled ball out last Again, week. when you expect them to both play good, which Rom makes sense at the Scottish Open and here, he came T4 to Rom 7. So he just did it again. And I think he probably fits some of the trends of the old guy coming in and seeing some of this stuff happening. So um, that makes a lot of sense to me. I like your Hoffman call. Keegan Bradley, another guy. This is a boomer bust play. We know it, but he's a, you know, you mentioned Brad Messersmith. We got to bring it up at the 250th episode. How can I not bring up Keegan Bradley? Five of his last seven open cuts with some top 20 sprinkled in there definitely having a boom bust season like if you look at his short game it's been up down all around as always but four more t18 or better in his last 16 outings that include a couple of top fours so i do think keegan makes some sense and then my last guy before i open up the conversation to you and then i'll give you a quick little list but ryan fox uh 44th in scotland last week three top 14s or better and three of his last four he's definitely got a strong links record and if you go back to his last four opens three of them 16th 39th and 49th i think he makes some sense other euro shots kenny i'm taking are antoine rosner matthias schwab and veerman who you mentioned and then other guys sort of pga shots i'm taking will be gooch and then glover coming off the win you just never know uh, but what are you doing with Sam Burns? Because Sam Burns is going to be the topic of discussion. 6300 bucks. Talk about him here for a second. I think he's going to be extremely popular just on a guy that's priced too low. 18th in Scotland, 13th the time before that. I don't know if you got to fade him completely, but what, what are your thoughts on him at 6300 and, and being popular down here? Yeah, well, like I said, I think he has zero open championship appearances. This will be his first. The only guys I'll think about with that are going to be that play predominantly on the PGA tour are going to be Hovland, Morikawa and Scheffler. And I don't even know if I'm playing those guys. So no burns for me. What about Willie Z though? And no Willie Z either. <laughs> okay. Just making sure I had to double check. All right, man. That's, I think it, that's all I got at least for the time being, right? There's a lot, of, a lot of guys you can play down here, but I guess last thing I would say just strategy wise was that, like I said, we talked so many in the seven K that you don't just you don't have to force this down here if you don't want to, but definitely you got 150 lineups or something like that. I think you should definitely try and make some of your favorite plays work with one of your favorite guys needle in a haystack down below. Yeah, 
All right, let's go to bets. Uh, now, first off, I will say I only have a couple that I made that weren't futures just because I'm waiting on the weather draw. Uh, that's going to be a big deal when it comes down to it. When you see the draw and then you, you, you see the weather, um, that's when I'll make more bets. So I'll probably have my final betting card on Gup's Corner on Wednesday with a little bit more. But as of right now, I got Kepka at 18 to 1. I think everyone's betting him. I don't understand why you I, wouldn't. I also have that. Yeah, I don't understand why you would not bet Brooks Kepka at 18 to 1 uh, at this event. It, it, you just sort of have to, uh, I think, when it comes down to it. Uh, I got Hatton at 33 to 1 uh, this week. And then I got two futures. Uh, Hovland 50 to one. Um, and then I have Neiman 65 to one. So those are going to be my four bets so far. Uh, I'll probably add two or three more uh, as the week goes on. Once I see the weather draw and see if there's any type of wave advantage, I know it's probably going to screw my numbers uh, a little bit unless someone drifts. Uh, I'm thinking a little bit about Justin Rose. Uh, I saw him at 65 to one. We'll have to see uh, with the weather draw. Down there, I just I just got a feeling about Rosie uh, this week. I think he's going to be very, very low-owned, uh, and I think he's going to make a great uh, GBP play. And then, of course, I say this, he'll probably miss the cut. Uh, but you know, by, on the number, because that's how I roll. It's not like my guys missed the cut by, like, 18. They missed the cut on the fucking number because they fucking miss a putt or bogey three of the last fucking four holes. That's just the way I roll. Uh, so, I, you know, I think that's, that's probably what's going to come down to. But we'll see who else I bet as the week goes on. Go ahead. My, my card feels similar just because it's guys that I'm betting that I don't know if I even really want to play them, but I just like the numbers for betting them. And like you said, then draws could come in and we'll see what happens. But Brooks, 18, like you mentioned, who didn't bet that? It Everyone's could be a community win. Should, everyone it, bet Kepka 18 yeah. just, just do it before it goes we, down to 12 community by hits. the end of the we week. Had, yeah, yeah. We, we had Brooks at the Waste Management. We had JT at the Players. There's been some nice little community hits out there. There's more than that, just to name a couple, where it was just all based on number only uh rory i think it quailed people got on too like that one made sense um cantley 35 i like that number on cantley you know more cow was there too but i just went with cantley i think makes less mistakes i don't necessarily need his putter to show up completely like i said he can get through and just make those pars and grind and then maybe have one good day that propels them and gives them a shot and we get some run good down the stretch and see what happens uh burger 66 with the t8 each way english 75 with a t8 each way Ooh, that Fowler. might be one I I I I I, I tail. I, I like the English, English seventy five. I, I like I, I have a feeling about it. I think I'm going to use them in cash. So I just gave you like five or six this week. There you go, guys. There you go. Hey, Again, for, hey. for those those hey. new to the channel and just tuning into our show, uh, it's Kenny gives you four cash game cornerstones every week. But usually, when Crown is involved, you get at least a fifth, if not a sixth, because now you can just find out what the last guy is, rewind the pod back. Find out who you really talked about at that number, and you'll know pretty quickly. So you thank you for your cash game lineup this week, Kenny. We do appreciate it. Man of the people. Uh, lastly, Martin Keimer. We mentioned him. I can't steal that from Tim. I can't steal uh, that from Tim. I can't steal 150 man of the to, 150 to 1 with the T8 each way. I don't care. Just taking it because. Probably doesn't come true, but you never know, man. You know, Dreams do come true at some times. All right. Well, I think that's going to be it. You can find me. Oh, no. One and done. One and done. I got fucking Hatton left. Hatton. Okay. I got to look. I didn't look. I used Harmon last week, and that crushed me. So, uh, you know, if you got a big dog up top, go ahead and use it. Otherwise, I'll probably mess around with English, who we mentioned. Uh, maybe go to someone like Morikawa, Fowler, just go off the board completely. I don't know. I, I haven't looked what I got yet, but that's sort of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I got Ali Reedy, too. So, I'm, I might use you know, Patrick uh, out there. We'll see. But I, right now, I'm leaning towards towards Hatton out there. As long as he, you know, pops the thumb when he makes a bogey, uh, we should be good to go. Uh, so, you know, I'll probably go Hatton uh, on that. All right. So that's going to be it. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find me uh, at GupsCorner.com. Uh, I write my course preview out there with like, stats to look for, trends, all that's on there. There's some strategy be on there. I'll give update that's already out. Uh, I'll have updates to the course on Wednesday, uh, wave stack possibilities on Wednesday, uh, my final betting card out there. It's possible that I change my cash game cornerstones this week. I rarely ever do. Uh, the thing about when it comes to my cash game cornerstones is I just feel like, you know, as the week goes on, if I find something that makes me not like them, I feel like I still have to use them uh, just because I'm the, I just said it on the podcast. 
Uh, but this week with the possible wave advantages and stuff like that, it could change. Uh, so, you know, make sure you go uh, to gubscorner.com, check all that out. I also do my favorite GBP plays in every price range uh, down there this week. And then you do get a seven-day risk-free trial. So if you join now, you can risk-free try it out for the Open Championship uh, and check it out. So, so go over the Gups Corner. We just, we just told everyone you're a man of the people. If they change this week, you got to tweet them out, Kenny. I'm, I, I'm don't know, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll you see. Did, we'll you see. gave everyone a six out of six, and now you're going to go back on it. No, I'm kidding. But, hey, if you do change them, just let people know. That's all good. Everyone likes to know what's going on. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Hit me up there if you got any other questions. Of course, remember to head on over to fantasynational.com. Use promo code. It's, it's fantasynational.com slash FGD. No promo code, sorry. And get yourself 20% off your first month. All right, that sounds good. You know, I got a little bit of cocktail. Let me crush this real quick. Uh, let me light up a cig real quick. Hold on before you end it. Light up a cig for Pat Mayo. All right. Open Championship Week. One of the best weeks of the year. It's always going to be fun. Uh, you got to love the morning golf when it comes down to it. Now that I love the morning golf because my job is like, you know, I get up at like 5 in the morning every day, so it's fucking perfect. I just watch it at work. Don't tell my boss. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan.